Welcome to the Property Nomads podcast. We've got an absolute treat for you today, uh, joined by a guy who has reached over 100 million people recently on social media through a lot of content creation. And we're going to dip into how he's done that, what the future holds and how that's helped the multitude of businesses that he's in, dealing with uh, an author, uh, a man that loves entrepreneurship and business in general, uh, Aaron Knightley. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me, mate. And um, looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure there's people that are sitting around thinking, how do you reach 100 million people? I should add, you've done that in 25 days, am I not mistaken? It, uh, no. So in t- in total, uh, if we're talking about TikTok, I've uh, I've trended now over 100 million, ti- 100 million times. And it's taken, it's from sort of when I started on TikTok specifically, which was about four, four and a half months ago, something like that. So it's been done in quite a, you know, I would say a short period of time. But in terms of the most recent reach, uh, we're talking just now recently with another viral video, we're looking at about 30, 30 million people in uh, in, in about 90 days, which is which is pretty cool. There's a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's nuts when you put the numbers like that. Um, I guess to sort of just go for the jugular, I say, how have you done that? But it's that old meme of people looking at the iceberg and they can see the tip, but not all the hard work underneath. So let's let's go back to the start. You know, was that always the aim? How have you done it? What have you done? Just so people get an idea of, of sort of content you put out as well. Yeah, I think it's, it's it just started with knowing that you've got to be very current. You've got to move with the times. That's one thing that's always been quite important to me is that, not to get left behind attitude. So having to sort of move, having to learn, you know, everything's analytics now, everything's, you know, you're having to reevaluate what worked, what didn't work. I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, specifically where we talk about TikTok there, I can look at the last three videos that I've put out only collectively, really, they're, they're only reaching nearly 2000 people, but they're, they're still yet to grow throughout today. I've only literally just posted them, but, you know, it's just testing. So uh, knowing what the audience wants, understanding that attention spans are really short now. It was certainly never the plan, but when you are growing a business and you're building a brand, obviously it always falls back on the more eyes on you, the better, you know, because the more people that know about you, as long as your infrastructure and your funnels are set up correctly, you could probably capture a lot of that audience. And that was basically the aim of the game and still is the aim of the game. But what I have learned very quickly is if you are growing quickly on a platform, especially like the likes of TikTok, not only can you generate new clients, but the amount of brand deals that are on the table at the moment, that's where it becomes really lucrative. And I suppose that gives you a bit of an incentive to carry on posting because you start getting good money for it off the back of it, which, um, you, you know, could be one of your best incomes. That's that's fair enough. Um in terms of in terms of funnels, then because just looking at other things that you, I mean, you host of the roundtable podcast, um, you got unlock your peak performance as well. So, would is it fair to say that the funnels are set up so ultimately people are going to be you know subscribing to the podcast and then you know unleash um, you know with the peak performance that might have mastermind groups etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Have I got the right idea? Yeah, I think yeah you have to. I mean, this is what I do on my one-to-one consultations. Is I always talk about you know wh- however many touch points that you've got to your business or brand. You you basically you always want to have everyone do a full circle. So if they mm-hmm. land on one thing, it should tie into everything. And every time they land on something new about you, it should bring them full circle to kind of 
solidify the fact that you are who you are and, and the reason why they should work with you for all these reasons to how they found you. So yeah, absolutely. I've tied it all in. It's just that the, you know, the further you go into it and, you know, I'm looking at my sort of TikTok page here, you know, over the last four or five days, I've done sort of seven or eight posts and, you know, they're hitting high numbers now. So with consistency, you know, you you we you reach this wider audience, and then you start to learn that there's so many more opportunities out there other than your bread and butter and your other little side businesses. Because I think at the moment, what I'm learning, although sort of I've got my you know I've got myself in a in a few different pies at the moment in terms hmm. of businesses, is that we're in a real opportunity where growth can happen really quickly if you're managing your time correctly, if you're putting energy into certain areas. And that's what I'm trying to do at the moment behind the scenes to what people see on the camera. You know, I'm taking on VAs, I'm taking on uh, like lead generators, sales progressors. Now Uh, we're taking on more employees for peak performance. So behind the scenes, although externally on socials, it looks like, um, you know, it's all great and everything like that. And it, it, you know, it might seem that you can have your, hand in all these different pies and it's very simple but behind the scenes actually we're building a huge infrastructure because the more eyes that you reach the more people want to know about you and it's almost like trying to cater for everyone trying to find out and ask questions and book calls and you've got you've got to have something in place hence the funnels yeah i perfectly understand what i was going to ask how how have you managed to sort of keep your head above water so to speak because once it once it blows up and if it's not expected then that must be the last thing you want is people to get uh, into those funnels, then it just is a bit of a shit show. I'm not saying with you, it's definitely not, but I can imagine if you're not prepared for it, yeah, that that yeah, that could lead to the end very quickly before it's even begun. Yeah, you don't want you know you don't want people falling off the end of the cliff and you can't capture them. You know, you um, I think what what it was for me a bit of a wake up call was when the first video when I had my first big video that went viral. That's on um, uh, over 18 million now. On that one video, I had something like a hundred one-to-one consultation book bookings within like less than twenty-four hours, and I weren't able to cope with it. And the problem is, I sat there in the evening. I was thinking, I'm going to lose this all this revenue, like you know, because I can only cater. I've only got so many hours in the day. You know, you can only book in so many calls over the week. And what you don't want to do is it kind of just makes you think, I need to have something in place. So. I started looking more behind the scenes and really sort of thinking, actually, how can I scale things opposed to trying trying to do a lot on my own? And that was that was probably the biggest thing, especially with investors. You know, I had a lot of investor interest, um, which had a huge spike across all platforms. But what I will say, if anyone is on social media and they are trying to grow a brand and trying to reach a wider audience, that is only a good thing if you've got a great service and a great message to to put out there, it's only a good thing. More eyes, more eyes, more opportunity. And then what would you say, uh, what would you say that your message is? And I'll, I'll be a hundred percent completely honest with you. Um, I'm not much of a person for social. Uh, Aaron's uh, business partner, Aaron's more the one for that. So I'm not overly clued in. So what sort of stuff, what was the video actually that went viral? What was that? What were you talking about in that video that went chaotic? Well, the the video, the big one that went viral was called "Last One In, Last uh, Last One In, First One Out," and I've, you know, some people now see me in the street, or if I've been certain places, people will go, "Oh, you're the last one in, first one out guy," which is hilarious. <laughs> um, it's happened quite a lot now. So, um, you know, the message was from my experience in full time employment, just that 
you know, if you're working for certain companies, more bigger companies, there is becoming a real issue with the lack of respect, lack of payment, especially in a world where prices are going up so much. You know, people are feeling undervalued. And I've always been a very outspoken person. And I, you know, a a long time ago, I left my full time job. But I'm now basically just because I've never really shared too many experiences around it. But off the back of that video and some smaller conversations, it's a very relatable topic. I spoke about basically, look, if you're going into your work, do your contracted hours, do what you have to do, keep your nut down. And then outside of work, build a business that you're going to be proud of and you're going to get 100% fulfillment and you can start your own you know, team and, and company where you can then do it the right way. And like with peak performance, you know, we're showing everyone 100% respect paid accordingly and everyone's a, t- a fair equal team member regardless of what role you are in the company and that's the way that I want to build especially peak performance because it will be a big team company um we've you know we've already taken we've, I think we're a team of about six at the moment so that was my message and of course it related to a lot of people and that had a snowball effect and I'd done a video very similar which was called employment the other day and instantly that hit that's nearly at 600,000 um, and that done that in like a few hours so it's it's very relatable fair enough so I'm, I'm making a note of that so we've got relatable here um and then in terms of in terms of other content uh again not 100% cleared up in it is, is it a lot of tagging or is it just as long as the content's good uh, it's it's relatable. Are you finding that that's doing it or what other things are you doing to get that reach that you're getting at the moment? I think when you're posting content, you, there's a balance. You, you've got to like the content that you post in, but liking your own content is, you know, it's like blowing your own trumpet. It's not always going to be everyone's cup of tea. So what I've learned, especially with TikTok, I had a video on Instagram that, that done pretty well, got something like 17,000 uh, views. Uh, it went pretty big. But again, it's you've either got to pull on the heartstrings, you've got to be relatable. There's either got to be an agreement or a disagreement. Um, and you have to provide the opportunity for the viewers to comment within the comments. When you when you post a video, every time I look at it now, my own content, I think, can people engage with comments? Does it cause an agreement or disagreement? Is it humor? Is it information? Is it drama? What what category am I falling into? And within the first four seconds, am I getting a reaction from people? Because that's the other thing. Everyone's attention span is becoming so much shorter now, even in business. You know, if you go up to someone in a network event and they're just rambling on and, you know, you just think, oh, my God, get on with it. You know, we've all got that attitude of just spit it out. So we have to take that into consideration. So now, apart from the odd video here and there, which, you know, I'll personally like, when I post a video now, I really myself in the consumer's uh, seat and think, would I comment and watch my own video? So that's how that works. And of course, through the power of social media comes a lot of business opportunities. And, and uh, you know, we might get into that. We will, because that was a question I had on, on my list. Um, I had another question that popped into my head that's now completely gone out of my head, which is always, always good from a podcast host point of view. Uh, <laughs> completely forgot that question. Um, Ah, yeah, I know what I was going to ask. In terms of repurposing content uh, and whatnot, because again, your audience for TikTok is probably going to be different from Instagram, it's different from LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Are you recording the content once and then you've got a team in the background that's taking a snippet here and posting it here? Or are you just 
full on recording different content for different channels all the time. How are you managing that? So when it comes to TikTok, I fully manage all of it. So all the content that's cut up, any of the editing, I, I do that fully myself. Um, a lot of the content's obviously taken from full podcast videos in London, uh, which the, the podcast videos will, will be edited by my videographer. We've got two videographers and um, that will go away to be edited. And then what I do is once I get that that sort of raw footage, I'll then chop that up to what I think is suitable for TikTok. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is once I've posted it on TikTok, I repurpose that on Instagram and LinkedIn. Now with LinkedIn, it's funny because back in the day, you know, I've been on LinkedIn for quite a while. It's where I started really is that once upon a time, a lot of the content that I post now wouldn't have been suitable or would have put some people off having that business relationship with me. Whereas now LinkedIn's become become more of an open, diversified platform so I can still get a lot of business done. And in fact, what I would say to anyone who is listening to this is that being authentic and transparent through some of my other content on other platforms and where the brand has grown, I have a lot more people now just reaching out just to say, hi, Aaron, been following you for a while. Would love to work with you. Got some money. What can we do? It's not even having to really sort of not sell myself, but not really having to actually pitch for it anymore. It's more of a case of, People are just wanting to work with me because of what, you know, I'm popping up here or I'm popping up there. So I suppose they want to get involved one way or another. And um, that ties into a lot of the investment stuff that I do, uh, which is great because, again, it just is proof of concept. The more eyes that are on you, it kind of solidifies that people should work with you, which is which is where I'm going with all of this. In terms of branding then, so looking through, we've got the Roundtable podcast, so, you know, that could be a brand in itself. A peak performance, which again could be a brand in itself, and then obviously yourself, Aaron Knightley. So, how, how are you juggling those three in any way, or is it you know it's all about you, as in Aaron Knightley? But then that happens to lead into funnels, which are you know your podcast and peak performance. How have you set that up? That is um, so. In terms of the, the brand, you, you've got so the. I would say the only one that is very separate is the peak performance brand. I mean, it all tie well, it all tie branding all ties in, you know, it's like look at David Beckham, one of the biggest brands in the world, but he's got a lot of entities, you know, but you know him as the name. You know, I suppose really your your the name that our, you know, our mothers and fathers gave us, that becomes the the brand, you know. So it's just it's just Aaron Knightley, you know. I, I hope that my name will be a lot bigger in six months' time than it is now and another six months from from now. So but when it comes to how things are broken up, you know, peak performance is is nice because Paul, my business partner for peak performance, you know, he's he's got his own things. He's got his own business. He's got his own projects and stuff like that. And it's nice because he brings in a new audience to the one brand, which is peak performance. And I I take everything that I'm building on my own into peak performance. So that's become a real nice entity in terms of almost collaborating and bringing two, two sides of it. And peak performance, the name, because obviously, you know, we've got Alan Sugar there in the background. We've got, um, you know, we've got some great sponsors on board. We don't really have to even ask for sponsors. Sponsorship is offered left, right and centre to us. Uh, to us, We had three sponsors uh, come on board, brand new sponsors yesterday in, in a period of about half an hour um, from literally a couple of voice notes. It was it was that simple. Um, so for our next event, you know, we've got uh, we've got 12 incredible sponsors. So that brand of its own again, does the job, you know, it does what it says on the tin. When people now hear peak performance events, it's a case of how can I get involved opposed to wanting to know all the ins and outs. 
the same for my brand is I'd love to I'd love to have sort of the Aaron Knightley brand sort of really be a brand where people want to work with me on all di- on all different platforms, brand deals, sponsorship, the YouTube um, investments, whatever it might be. I've got a lot of collaborations at the moment. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm due to attend sort of five six other podcasts. That's come off the that's come off um, you know branding. So. And that can be possible for everyone. And I think that's only a good thing as long as you're putting out a good message and you've got a good service to offer. So branding at the moment is truly the way forward when it comes to lucrative opportunities. So um, it's something I'm very hot on at the moment. And to me, it sounds like a case of be yourself, be authentic. I mean, I always say authenticity, integrity, congruency. As long as you've got them free, you're not not hiding anything. You're not going to do people out of their um, uh, crypto like certain billionaires uh, but anyway uh, relatable topics you know what just just quickly on that because I, I do agree with you i think over the next i really believe this over the next you know year or six seven eight months i think there's going to be a huge shift in being authentic and transparent opposed mm-hmm. to uh, opposed to this life that everyone's seeing that is actually affecting quite a lot of people of this perfect lifestyle a lot of money because where people are going to be crippled in terms of finances and people will struggle more than others over this next six to 12 months, whatever it be. I think people will take more to the people offering reality and the hardship opposed to this perfect Lamborghini lifestyle. I think there will be a dramatic shift and I'm going to be on the side of of the reality of it. So that's my belief anyway. No, I like that because I remember reading them from bios before we started this call, you know, working class background. And, you know, I'd say that my parents working class as well. So you kind of get this it's kind of get this. You've got to put graft in at the end of the day. You don't just sit around, do do NAFL and, you know, don't come to you like that. It might for certain people in certain parts of the world, it blah, 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 blah. But yeah, if you can have that relatability, as you say, then, you know, that gives you a very good chance to, uh, you know, to move forward. You mentioned on various uh, investments and opportunities and bits and bobs like that. Uh, from what I've understood that when you started doing all your social media and whatnot, these things might not have necessarily been in your head. So can you give us some examples of what's popped up that you weren't expecting um, just so people get an idea of what can be achieved if, if they do indeed go viral as well? Yeah, so I, I would say this, the opportunity is huge and so exciting. The reason being is is it's fair game for everyone. Like this is a fair playing field for everyone. Like you don't have to be unique. You don't have to be special. You can you can do your own thing and you can have as much chance as going viral as I did if you're consistent putting in the work and like you said, hard work. Uh, obviously, everyone has their bread and butter. I had my bread and butter in finance. You know, I was, I was full time, stuff like that. Moved into socials, started spinning more plates. Um, but the massive possibilities that I've seen is that look, people go into property, stuff like that. You know, we spoke a little bit off just camera there in terms of property is not my most exciting thing. I do believe that it's quite a slow burner. And just to tie this in, this is a question that I would ask people is, is why would you invest into property? I did a video about this earlier about investing into property mentors. Why would you put 25K into a property that's going to you know, sit there or a, a mentorship or whatever it might be, but it's a slow burner. It's a slow burner. Oh, yeah. Whereas if you apply smart marketing and sales in an online business or a social monetization strategy, you know, I've got very close friends who are on TikTok earning 30, 40,000 on average a month. You don't get that from a property portfolio. And if they wanted to buy property, they could buy they could buy several property every single year just off of that wage alone and still live a very comfortable life. 
but they put in 18 months solid work, sometimes even quicker on social media. So, you know, my message at the moment is you've really got to look at the times. You know, it was a great time to buy property in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Things have changed now. Things have changed. Um, we need to, again, I've, I'm a big believer. I said this obviously before. I'm a big believer in moving with the times and not getting left behind because that, that that kind of bugs me thinking if someone else has got a great opportunity, what are they doing? How can I adapt and, and jump on that wagon? So the massive opportunity that I've seen one is just the income from TikTok is more oh. than you get. There's more than you're going to get from an average buy to let. Um, and that's weekly. Secondly, the brand deals, one brand deal, one brand deal, depending on who pays you and how many followers you've got. This is all dependent on variables of how many followers you've got and stuff like this. But I can tell you the brand deals that I've earned would probably pay me more in a week than seven outright properties would earn you. <laughs> so you've got to... You've, you've got to weigh it up. So why why would, you know, that's why I'm trying to spread the message of saying, if you want to go into property and that's what you want, great. But I'm just throwing the other, the other option is that, look, if you put in hard work and you can get eyes on you and you have a good infrastructure and you've got something set up for when you hit this mass video or whatever it is, and all these people now start typing in on Google and start searching you, have you got something where you can capture them to work with them to to build them into your business? Because that could then generate a huge amount of revenue that is going to outperform slower assets. So brand deals and just the actual monetization alone off of TikTok is um is somewhat sexy to to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. Put the put the numbers on like that and uh you know, I imagine that's going to get a lot of people excited. I just want to echo a point that you made, um, and it's something I completely agree with. That obviously, you know, the property nomads podcast. Most people that listen to this will be property people, but we're starting to get more people that have got an interest in it, but actually have got other, you know, activities out out outside, like myself, myself included. And yeah, absolutely, you have to go. You have to go with the market trends. You know, I. Like many people, you jump balls deep into property. You think this is the best thing since sliced bread. Hey, I like it. It works well. We haven't got an issue with it. But actually, the more you start going down the rabbit hole or learning other skills and whatnot, actually, you start looking at it going, well, hang on, hang on a minute. We've got, in your case, social media. Uh, in my case, looking at it and going, well, actually, there's a bunch of bullying here that we can do. Can we monetize a newsletter? Can we monetize this? Can we get a touch point here? You know, it's not all about the property because ultimately, you make that much cash, you could then just go and, you know, invest in it in, in due course. It's not always about here and now. That's it. I mean, even like with my finance, you know, I try, you know, it's only recently really I've started being a little bit more open and kind of giving a people a bit of an insight to um, the insides of it. But, you know, there are so many ways. You, not everyone can start to save up to get into property. And look, property does do the job, does what it says on the tin. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you from working with some of the wealthiest people in the UK is they're all business owners first and foremost. And property is purely a pump and dump act. You know, when you've got someone who's got 10, 30, you know, 10 to 30, 40 or whatever million in the bank um, that they need to move for all different reasons, tax reasons, you know, other reasons, they'll just pump it into property because they're not going to generate anything. That's why property, it, it, this does frustrate me when people say, Property will generate you and and give you a great net worth. Yes, it will, but it will just add to your net worth. You won't you won't create your net worth 
as in cash flow, you, you won't you won't become the millionaire from the cash flow of the property. Your net worth will be because of the asset value. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. there, there's a difference. And I think there's a there's just a wording thing. So if people want to get into property, uh, that's absolutely fine. But at the same time, I do think it's important if you are a, if, if you're going to be and call yourself an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur is someone who creates things um, and moves with the times and is willing to say, actually, that's not working to the best of my ability. I need to I need to change and I need to pivot because this is what's happening. And let's face it, um, you know, even in finance, there's so many awesome ways to earn uh, good amounts of money. Mm-hmm. And when you look at property, even in finance, I remember meeting a guy, and this is what got me into finance. It was many years ago. It was nearly 10 years ago now. Um, I think he was driving an Aston Martin, and I was at this meeting with him, and I spoke to him, and I said, you know, what is it you do? And he said, he wasn't a broker as such, but he was like a middle guy for for equity and stuff like that. And I said, wow, you know, like, how did you get into that? And he kind of really was was one of the first ones that I ever spoke to when I started getting into finance myself. And he was like, they just work with high end clients now, and they've just got they've got deep pockets. And you know, you could, yeah, you could you can yeah. charge you can charge huge amounts of money. And um, and then obviously when I started getting into the thick of it, that there are there are ways that you can earn the same amount of money within one month in in a finance you know industry, whatever it is you go into, that four or five properties would never make you in four or five years of owning them outright. So yeah. why would you spend your time? So um. Yeah, there's lots of ways of making money. It's got to suit you. But I, I do think if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you need to be open to moving with the times and making sort of shifts here and there. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. That's, that's something I've definitely learned over over the last sort of four or five years as well. So, no, completely echo that. Uh, quickly going back to social media then. So I say that and I pause because that means I've forgotten what I was going to say. Uh, do you have any other... That's a top tips. I know that sounds cheesy and cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, if, let's just say, talking to someone like me, I haven't got much of a social media presence, and you say, Rob, right, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to grow you on social media. What, what would you What would you say to me? What What can people take away from this to to crack on? Basically, I, w- I would just say that you, you've got to look at the long term and everything. So. You know, for me, I've always been able to, even when it comes to my own finances or business, I've always been able to pause and just take a moment to think, okay, I'm really excited to jump into it now, but what does it look like what I've got going on in 18 months? And what does it look like to potential collaboration? So, you know, when I started my TikTok, I even aesthetically set it up to sort of appeal to certain brands that I want to work for. You know, everything that I've done, even my Instagram or my YouTube, I've always wanted it to be broad enough and open enough that if it scales and it does grow and everything goes to plan that in however many months or years a brand could look at me go through my content and i'm appealing to them like i always want the possibility of someone going we like your content it appeals to us um you're broad enough and that we can work together opposed to going too niche so i that that would be one of my tips is not to go too niche because i, I can tell you now i know a lot of property investors who started a youtube channel um grew a very you know a very decent sized following and then two three years later they're bored of talking about property or whatever it is they're they're talking about and they want to make a slight change in their topics or their or their videos and their audience goes oh hang on a minute what are you doing we're not we're not following you we're not following you for a vlog in a christmas market 
you know, so, uh, and then they lose, you know, but because passion comes and goes. And unfortunately, if you're going to go into it, so I would say start broad, you know, have a few subjects that you like to talk about and break it into a, a split. Mine's like a, a 70, 20, 10 split. 70% is my consistent content. 20% is a little bit spicy. 10% is like content just solely to engage and reply to audiences in videos and lives and stuff like that. So I keep it nice and broad. Other than that, I would always say, just look at your own content and really ask yourself the question, is it valuable? Is it going to cause a reaction, good or bad? Try to go for the good. Um, and, you know, what's your setup like in terms of just the basics? Is the audio good? Is the visuals good? Are you using good hashtags? Like play into the platform's algorithm. You know, it's like anything. You know, if you give car, you know, if you give a car good fuel, it's going to run well if you look after it. Um, if you're just pumping out shit, it's, it's going to, it's, you know, it's not going to go far. So it's the same with an algorithm. If you feed it crap and you're not changing it and, and you're just pumping out all this crap, don't expect to grow. It's not going to happen. I'm, you know, I'm going to sit there this evening when everyone's gone to sleep and I'm laying in bed. I'm going to analyze what I thought went well today and what didn't. And then I'll change it again tomorrow. So stay close to it, I suppose, is my final message. Stay close to your content. Um, and be very hands-on. That's I wouldn't say outsource your content. I know too many people have paid X amount of £100 a month just to say to someone, just manage my social media, and they never grow, and they wonder why, because they're not staying close to it. Makes sense. I think that's a great point to, to leave on as well. So you've probably, if, sorry, if you're watching on video, I've just been scribbling away notes as well, as well as making mental notes. Um, and we've mentioned a few uh, brands as well. Um, so if people want to get in touch with you, how do people find you? Yeah, I mean, best thing to do, drop me a DM on Instagram, which is Aaron Knightley Official or, you know, Aaron Knightley on all social handles. That's TikTok, that's YouTube, um, it's LinkedIn or, you know, uh, just on Google, Aaron Knightley. I've got a website there, aaronknightley.co.uk. And by all means, drop me an email or drop me a DM. Perfect stuff. Well, as usual, we'll put those links in the show notes. I've taken a lot away from today. So thank you very much for your time and for sharing your experiences and and, and things, that are uh, things that you're doing at the moment. And uh, yeah, good luck moving forward. I'm sure our paths will uh, cross in due course. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, mate. It's been a pleasure.